test for him. Test one, two, three, three, two, one. Test him. But I let him hear the story. What he would do is give that. So your brain would then start working and would bring, the blood flow would return and you're, you wouldn't get the yawns and the sleeps and the pass out. He wants me to talk. He can hear me. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad you can hear me, Pastor. Good evening, everybody. We're at Tuesday at the table. It's time for us to eat and consume God's Word. It's the bread of life. It's everything that we need, and that's why we're sitting at the table tonight. Amen. And welcome everybody out there in Yahoo, uh, not Yahoo, but YouTube and Facebook land and all that stuff. Bunch of Yahoos. No. Come on out. Come on and join us. Now we're going to get started tonight. Um, so y'all can go ahead and start turning. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. We're going to start in chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, right now we just come before you, Lord, lifting you up. Lord, we just ask that you would just come in and, and dwell with us and just open our eyes, ears, and hearts to what you want said tonight. 
We just ask that your word would just come alive to each and every one of us, that you would speak to us through it and open our eyes, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. Lord, we give you this time in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can anybody remember, because there's a few of you that's been in here with me in my teachings on Tuesday, how I told you to look at the letters when you read them, like 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, and stuff. How did I tell you to look at them? That's what they are. They were, they were letters. Yeah, however... They were, they were written letters. Yes. How did I ask y'all to start looking at them? Take your verses, chapters, and all that stuff and just start reading them like a letter. The verses and chapters and everything were something for us as a guidance. When this was written, Paul did not write 1 Corinthians 11. No. He wrote, to the church of Corinth. That's what he wrote. He did not. He did not put a verse, a chapter, or anything in there. Tonight, I want us to look, and I'm making some popping noises, and I don't like that. Um, tonight, I want to. Tonight, I want us to look at this one section section of uh, Corinthians. I was, the Lord really laid um, Corinthians 13 on me Sunday morning. While I'm sitting there trying to do the sound and everything, he really, he just started beating me up with it. And then I started reading in First Corinthians 12. Now I'm going to kind of, I want you to notice how this goes together and why I say a lot of times you've got to take the chapter verse thing out of your mind and just look at it because I'll tell you, 12 well, all of it flows, but 12 and 13 flow together so well. And there's three different messages in it. But they all tie together majorly. The, la the main thing I want to talk about is basically the whole, what we call chapter 13. But it's talking about love. And why it is so important for the believer to do things in love. Okay, but first I want us to look in chapter 12, and chapter 12 is very, 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 very um, well known in the Pentecostal world or full gospel, gospel world. It is where it speaks of the gifts of the Spirit and how we are given the gifts of the Spirit and how each person uh, receives different gifts of the Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians says, my fellow believers, I do not want you to be confused about spiritual realities. For you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray one way or another by your worship of idols, which were incapable of talking to you. Verse 3, therefore I want to in, impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the accursed one. No one would say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. Understand the Holy Spirit is given to us. Uh, you remember the famous words, Jesus said, I have to go so you can receive. 
And he also talks about how we will do greater. Wait a minute. Let's go and look at all the Gospels. Let's read of all the miraculous things that Jesus has done. And he, his words, and he's not a liar, we are going to do greater. Jesus knew he was only going to touch the few. Yes, he had 5,000. He fed 5,000. But guess what? We've touched the, the Christian world has touched the whole world in some way or fashion. I'm not saying it's all been right. We can look at different things like the Spanish Inquisition and all that other stuff. No, it wasn't right. But the Christian world has reached out and touched the whole world. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, there's different gifts that are given. And each and every one of us receive different gifts. And down, we'll go ahead and read. It says, the Lord Yahweh is one, and he is one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. Understand this gifting is not for your humor. It is not for your want. It is for your ministry. These gifts are for your ministry for Him. So many, pe so many people think you can just conjure up a gift whenever you want to. No, you can't, and I will prove that here in a second. But those gifts that you receive, whatever they are, they are given to you for you to do the works of ministry. Whether it's ministering to the lost, or ministering to a fellow brother or sister. They are given to you for ministry. In verse 6 it says, The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplishes different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Understand who gives it to you, the Lord. And he energizes and activates, as it says here. Understand, you can't just flip a switch. So many people, unfortunately, in the feel that they can just flip a switch and have whatever gift they want whenever. No, it is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that gives you these gifts. Now, you can pray. Lord, please give me, let's, let's just use discernment. Lord, we're, I'm in a situation, please empower me with discernment okay discernment discernment is not me coming up to Tommy and going Tommy I know you threw a rotten egg in Miss Barbara and that's not good if you do that and Tommy be like how do you know that discernment is not that you don't discern people. You don't discern if people's been in sin. You don't discern. Discernment is the discernment of, most people teach two. I teach three, three things. Whether it is in, in spirit, whether it is God, whether it is Antichrist or the devil, or there's another one because we give the devil again too much due. There's the third one, and that is of the flesh. Human spirit can mess stuff up just as much as anything. And you can, do, you can ask for discernment. Is this proper, Lord? Lord, I need discernment to know if this is right. Is, is this person, is what they say, are they operating in this, 
the Holy Spirit or they operating in their own spirit because they want something to happen. That's discernment, folks. Discernment's not knowing what you've done. Oh, I, I know you're just burdened there, brother. And I know those sideburns are working on you and they're trying to hide something. The Lord done spoke to me. No, that's not discernment. A lot of old folks think that, you, that when you say discernment, oh, I, uh, or they go, here's the other one. Get them in the, someone in the altar. Let's say you're an altar. You come up to me. You're boohoo. Lord's broke you. And Goofy Rick comes up and goes, Brother, I know something's wrong. You just need to let it out. You need to confess. Lord, Lord spoke to me and said, you, need, you just need to confess. You might become for because somebody is sick in your family or you got some. It may not be no sin. Do not use discernment to pull people out. Discernment is to you to discern whether something is of God, is of the Antichrist, is, or is of flesh. That is the gift of discernment. And I don't know why I went down that rabbit, rabbit trail, but I'll tell you, too many people rather consider discernment a like word of knowledge and instead, like I know all your business, God done gave me discernment, and I know all your business, you need to come to the altar. No. 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 That's what I'm trying to prove to you, that it's not. Discernment is, let's say I got up here and I put out something in left field. And I started talking about, yeah, how, how do you know I'm fixing I started talking about aliens and I'm trying to prove it with scripture that I'm totally bending out of the way. That's when you say, Lord, give me discernment and you have discernment. Most of you would have that discernment and go, uh, Pastor, you need to talk to Brother Rick. I mean, that's what it, it's not walking by somebody and sensing. No, discernment is understanding that is, is it, it's spirit. Is it of God's spirit? Is it of Antichrist? Is it of flesh? Human spirit. So, like, the Holy Now, the Holy Spirit can give you a warning on something like And that's more of... And I don't want to get into the individual gifts. I was just getting into that one because gifts are not where I'm heading at all. But the whole thing is discernment is you understanding that it is of the Spirit. Is what I'm putting out the Spirit of God or is it just what Rick wants put out because Rick wants something out of it? That's flesh. Or has the devil got a hold of me and got me spewing Antichrist stuff and you would understand that it was of the devil. It was of Antichrist. It was of you know, that spirit. That's Discernment is totally about discernment of spirit, not of situation, sin, or whatever on somebody, okay? But that is just another gift. We can ask, we can, you can ask for it. If you're, I'm sitting here spitting something out, let's not say aliens, but it's something new to you, you can be praying right now quietly to yourself, to the Lord going, Lord, please give me discernment on this. Please give, you know, Grant me discernment. Is he really? Is this really? Is, you know, that's what you're looking for. Okay, that's what, that's how in the gift of discernment or study. I really didn't want to delve that deep into it, but that's what it's not discerning whether somebody's doing something wrong or they've done something wrong or 
like that. Now, people try to twist discernment into that. We, you don't want to go there. But you can ask for gifts, and the Lord can grant you gifts as they are needed. Okay? As they are needed. The gifts are, for example, Spirit gives one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, same Spirit, he gives the word of revelation knowledge. And to another, the Spirit gives a gift of faith. And to another, the gift of healing. The gifts of healing. There's a little something, a little side note for you. This is written two ways. It depends on what version you read. Notice it says gifts of healings. Some versions say gift of healings. It is the only one that's plural. It is the only gift that's written in plural. Okay, let's talk healing for a second. How can you receive healing? Instantaneous touch from God, right? You praying for it. You praying for yourself. How about me praying for you? How about me praying for you and you go to the doctor and the doctor's given insight and you get healed? That's another way to be healed. The knowledge that he gives doctors. Like I've told, I've told y'all, some of y'all have been here, some of you weren't. I'll tell you, I ended up in a bad situation. I had a abscess internally and I had a doctor, a little, little guy about that tall, Jewish man, come in and tell me he was going to put a bag on me when he had to take that out. He was going to have to put a colostomy bag on me. I instantly started praying. That is one of, because I knew the devil was all in that. Because <laughs> it's one of my biggest fears. I don't, cancer, I've had a brother die. For some reason, that's just one of my big. And I just started praying. He was like, we'll do it tomorrow. And then he just stopped. Vanessa was in the room. This man, surgeon, well-known surgeon in Montgomery, one of the first men to ever do a laparoscopic surgery in the city of Montgomery, was the first man. He stopped dead in his tracks, started shaking his head, and sat down in the windowsill at Baptist East. Every one of the rooms in the windows has a windowsill, and you can just about, and he stopped, and I'm praying. Uh, no, you don't need to, I'm just praying in my head. And then all of a sudden, he starts shaking his head. And he goes, I can't do that to you. I'm going in and trying to do this laparoscopically. If you wake up with a bag, I wouldn't ever do it. If you don't wake up with a bag, guess what? I was successful. We're going to push this out for four. This was like on a Monday night. Because I, it's just, and Friday morning was my surgery then. And I didn't wake up with a bag on. Guess what? That abscess was taken. I feel God's hand in my healing was taken and handed. This man was one of the is one of the best surgeons in Montgomery. His hand was God's hand was placed on him, and I received my healing that way. And you cannot tell me no different, because I watched a surgeon that I know because of my work basically stop in his tracks, which he normally doesn't do, and completely do that and change his mind. Now, you can't tell me God didn't provide the healing through that surgeon. There's many ways that healings, and that's why it's healing, gifts of healing or gift of healings. It is plural in every version you read in some way because there's multiple ways that that gift can be bestowed by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, the gift of, of uh, prophecy, how else is he going to, he's going to speak into someone and they're going to prophesy. That's it. Now, the prophecies are all going to be different, but there's not different ways to prophesy. Understand? There is, but this is the single gift. I mean, that's a single, but there's multiple ways of the gift of healing. And you've got to understand, our healings were wrought at, where were they brought about at? Where was our healings paid for? Nope. Before the cross. Nope. Out in the middle of uh, a public place, he was hooked to a whipping post, and he received 39 lashes. He was, what? He was bruised for our, and... What brought about healing? Stripes. All 39 stripes. I know you want to say it. I know you want to say it. Yep, and what, and what do you, what's that one thing that we agreed on about the 39? I mean, you were talking about it. Uh, yep. And the 39. But the whole thing, another thing a lot of people say, the key thing about it is 39, the, the basis of all disease and sickness is brought down to 39 things. Viral, uh, yes, yeah, 39 things, 39 stripes. Guess what? Your healing, our healings were already paid for at the whipping post. Do you know he paid, you've got to think of this. Before he went to the cross and died for you, he went to a whipping post so you could be healed. That's how much he loved you. He went to a whipping post so you could be healed by his stripes. Not we are or we're going to be it says we were healed. And he went and did that before we, he even went to a cross. Before he ever did this, he bent over and took a beating for you so you could be healed. Yep. But that's the whole thing. That's, it's multiple gifts. There's multiple things. All the gifts. Understand, these gifts are given for a reason. We can't, a lot of people... Unfortunately, in the Pentecostal world that I, I was in, in my denomination, think they could just call it up like they flip it on a light switch. Let me tell you, you can't because I'm sorry, I can't turn God on with a light switch. I can't turn the Holy Spirit on with a light switch. I can pray and I can ask and I can say, Lord, please, and he'll bestow it on me. And before you know it, he'll put one on you and you ain't even asked for it. People will come up and start. It's happened once here since I've been here, and that was tongues and interpretation of tongues. You don't ask for that. You, if there's going to be tongues, I'm really, I'm getting into, because this is going to turn into a gift. But when the whole thing is when tongues are given, you don't ask for that. I'm not, 
I can tell you, I've never known anybody to stand up in a service and go, Lord, give me tongues. Give me tongues right now so I can just speak out. Because I'll tell you, if in a true room, the room's going to fall silent. And then someone on the other side of the room or somebody's going to give an interpretation of that. No one's just begging to do that. I've never known anybody to beg to do that. But I'll tell you, when it does shout out, when somebody shouts that out and then that interpretation's given, you know it's of the Lord. But that's the whole thing. We got, what I'm trying to make a point is you got to understand God's going to pour out his gifts on you when they're needed. And when you, whether you're asking for it or not, but he'll know it. He, He's not going to just throw something on you and you go, oh, I don't want this. He's going to know. He's going to know your situation. He's going to know everything that's going on. But what we need to understand this is he pours out the spiritual gifts. And I'm going to read verse 11. I'm not going to read every one of them because oh, I want to get to my key tonight because I really, this isn't a spiritual gift uh, lesson. That might be one we need to do. For, don't you already have that in? Yep. Next steps, 9 o'clock. Well, it won't be this week. Oh, come out to next steps, 9 o'clock this week. More churchy words. <laughs> don't say you can't. You don't. But let's... In, in verse 11, it says, Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these gifts differently as he chooses to each believer. It's not how you choose. Now, you, like I said, you can ask, and I use discernment just as an example. And I really, but the whole thing is, what we need to understand is God pours these out through his Holy Spirit and it's how he chooses. It's the situation. If, if, if prophecy does not need to be spoken, he's not going to give somebody a word of prophecy. That's where you need to be in someone in discernment and understand, is someone just speaking out or was that really a gift of prophecy being spoken? Now, don't question every time, but what I'm saying is there's just situations. You will know it's like, where did that come from? And guess what? When you get that, when you get that, you're going to, that's going to be that discernment. It's going to be like, whoa. But I want you to look. He, he talks about in verse 12, these first 11 verses, he talks about the gifts. But right after that, and he talks about how each and every one of us will receive the gifts as we need it. And right after that, he talks about us being the body of, I mean, the members of one body. Okay, if each and every one of us have something to do, we have certain gifts, we're all of one body, he's flowing this. So many people will stop at the gifts and stop and go, no, you got to understand this all works in conjunction together. The, spirit, the gifts of the Spirit work so the body works properly. Not for the little finger to work properly, but for the whole hand, arm, body to work properly. They're not just for the little pinky. The gifts are not just for you. Understand, debate, let me just put it that way. The gifts are not just something to exalt you, make you feel good, or anything. It's for the body. It is for the whole like here, it's for destiny. If any of the gifts are activated during a service, it is, yes, it can affect a person, but it's for the body altogether. 
Too many people want to individualize movement of the Spirit and all of that. And you don't need to. We are one body serving one Lord. We have to work in conjunction with each other. Now, okay, Destiny Church is an arm. Okay? Nothing can be done without this rotator area of the shoulder. Rest of us are all down here, okay? Little churchy people. What controls everything right here is our pastor. Without this shoulder operating properly, none of this. Pastor, the board, uh, elders, here's the body. For all of it to work together, this shoulder has to tell it and work it. Okay? It all works together. We can't be off doing our own thing as the pinky over here. If we want this arm to operate properly, which our shoulder's trying to do, your pinky can't be sticking out. And I ain't talking about drinking high tea. Okay? What I'm saying is this pinky needs to work in conjunction. And when I pick up this pen, everything has to work together. If all my body, if from my fingertips to my shoulder wasn't working properly, I would never pick that pen up. I would have went... I got two up here. I was wondering why I got two. But that's the whole thing. It starts at our pastor. But guess what? Our pastor's prayed up. Our pastor's, we have to follow, again, like the sheep. We got to follow him. And we got to do, we can't be doing our own thing. That's why it says we're one body of many members. But guess what? Our pastor's in connected with the whole core Let's say Pastor Peter's over here, Brother Bo's down here at a leg, and the whole court, and whatever other church, and we all work together as one body. But he's in charge. We got, can't be doing stuff on our own or thinking we can do it on our own. We got to understand all these gifts that are bestowed on us. All this is done for us to work together to accomplish what? The ministry of Jesus Christ. It's not to accomplish your goals. Now, your goals may include ministry, but what I'm saying, a lot of people will, oh, I spoke in tongues this weekend. It's one of the last gifts that's mentioned, and so many people, and I, not against tongues, I spoke, I spoke, I can tell you, I hadn't spoken tongues in almost four years till I got back in this church, and it took me praying over my own pastor for it to come bubbling out of me. I can't force it out my mouth, because it's a gift of the Spirit. Now, you can handle that. You can be given that gift for a while, and you can be able to speak in your prayer language and be able to speak. But I can tell you, so many people put an emphasis between, if it ain't that, you've got to be falling out in the altars. I have, mm, there's time for that, but not every service. Thank you, Lord, that we got people in here that walk in truth because I haven't seen one yet. I've seen people touched in this place. I've seen people healed in this place. I'm sorry. If I, the Lord needs to get a hold of me, make me as a dead man and pass, let me pass out, just let me pass out. But guess what? It's not to edify anybody up in this place. We need to start realizing that this is ministry, folks. Everything we do is for ministry. Do you know your salvation? Here you go. Pastor's fixing to throw something at me. 
Your salvation was not for you. It was, it was for the glory of God. The reason you walked down that aisle was for his glory. The reason you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior was for his glory. Because we don't get glory out of that. What we need to do is glorify him forever sending his son in the first place. He's the one that receives all the glory for that. Salvation is, it, so many people go, what do you mean it's not about me? I'm the one that got saved. Yes, you are the one that got saved, but it was all about him because he loved you so much. He gave his only begotten son. It's because he never gave up on you. The reason he kept prodding and putting people in your, in your path and everything else that you finally gave up, hit a knee, ran to an altar, however you got saved. It was for God's glory. God's glory. We get to glorify in Him. My salvation is to His glory. It is through Him and through Him only am I saved. What His provision, His grace, He showed, it's only through that is the reason I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, His Son who He gave for us. Pastor, why'd you look at me like that? <laughs> that is a can, and I went there, and I know. Okay, understand this. The scripture says no one can take it from you, right? Right? No one can. I cannot. Pastor cannot. You come up here, and you singing, let's say, this Sunday. I'm just, this is, and you start split, spilling expletives out your mouth. Pastor, he can, he can do what pastors need to do, but he can never look at you and say, you ain't saved, you've lost your salvation. You, no, no man can take it from you. Okay. I hope I'm lining up with pastor here. <laughs> We're sitting in the hand of God, right? Has he, did he force you to be saved? Did he force you to be in his hand? What's saying that you look at him square in his eye and go, I don't want no more of you, and you jump right out of his hand? Is anyone taking that away from you, or are you surrendering it? When you turn your back on God, if you, you just hit it right there, that word. You what? Only you can prevent hellfires. <laughs> I was waiting for Pastor Life. Only you can prevent hellfires. In other words, you can walk out of grace and say, I want nothing more. So have you lost your salvation? But can I look at you and say, you ain't saved. You might as well just go on. You just, no. You don't know how to operate that stuff. The back saved person would know. Go on. Get out of here. You, that, that would not, no, you can't lose your salvation. You can freely give it up. God's not going to look at you and go, I'm tired of you. I'm sorry. I'm getting preachery now. I'm standing up. 
God can't look at you and go, I'm just sick and tired of you. I'm tired of you. Go on. I don't want nothing to do with you no more. Uh, doesn't it, what does it say in Scripture about condemnation? Huh? There is none, right? Put it this way. You can be the most jacked up, um, off-kilter, backslidden person still having some love for the and you still got that inkling, God's still running after you. But it's you that decides, I don't want no more of you, or it's you that decides to come running back going, Daddy, pick me up. Or you go, I want out of this hand. I'm going to go serve something else. I'm going to go serve the world. I'm going to go serve the devil. I'm going to go do that. Guess what? There. Did I answer your question? Thank you. He denied knowing Christ in that way, but guess what? He was also restored by who? Yep. He looked at him. How many times did he deny him? How many times when, he, when they caught the fish and they're sitting there and they're eating, how many times did Jesus ask him, do you love me? The first two was the type of love that's brotherly love. The last love, look it up in the Greek, the last love is the love. Do you really? In other words, this is, okay, this is how it goes. We'll talk Alabama now. Pastor, do you really love me? You sure you really love me? Pastor, do you love me enough to follow me again? Do you really? That's, I'm sorry, wording's wording, but that's how I read it. You know, he was, he was checking him first, and that first love was like, okay, number one's gone. Do you love me? Really? Yes. Do you love me enough? You'll do just about anything in this world. You'll fall down. on a, You'll do whatever it takes, Peter. Yes, Lord. You know I will. I just jumped out of a boat. Come running. I'm goofy. I'm a sailor. And guess what? Again, Pastor mentioned it. I've mentioned it before. Other people have mentioned it. He goes from there. He watches Jesus raise up. They end up in a room, and then all of a sudden, here comes the wind, and here comes flames on top of them. The Holy Ghost gets delivered to them. They all get filled. And of all the people, a foul mouth. Now, you've got to understand, that third denial to the little girl, you read some, it says he cussed her. He cursed her for asking. He was a sailor at heart. He's a fisherman sailor, but he was a sailor. He cursed her. This same man that had curse words on his lips but were forgiven stood up and said, Look, all these people babbling around here, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit because they're speaking each and every one of you's language. Because it was the celebration of Pentecost where people had came from all over Ethiopians all over uh, the people out of uh, Lebanon they had all came they all had different languages and as all those in the upper room spilled out with all these different languages they were going oh they're drunk and no Peter stood up and said no they're not drunk and he was empowered and gifted to what preach and he preached and how many people were saved 
3,000. Guess what? You need to multiply that probably by two and a half because that's men. You got to talk about the women and the children. So you're probably looking at about 7,500 people were probably saved. That's just like when we talk about the 5,000 that were fed. It wasn't 5,000. He was talking about the men. They, that's how they wrote back then. I'm sorry, ladies. That's how they wrote things back then. But that's how it was. But guess what? Peter, the foul-mouthed denier, the one that was called Satan, right after he called him the Christ, I, I, you know what? I associate with Peter so much. Because sometimes I wonder, why me? Why am I giving such? But guess what? God, he powers me through the Holy Spirit. He can empower you. He empowered Peter. I've never preached to 7,500 people and they've been saved. I've never preached to 75 people and have 75 people say, if I had 75 people come down, I'd probably fall out and pastor had to <laughs> preach my funeral. But the honest thing is you got to understand, that's the power of God right there. He can restore and make you so much greater. That's why I think we need, you know, we don't never really talk, we talk about Peter being denying, but we don't call him Peter the denier, do we? But we love to call Thomas the what? Doubter. We love to call the son what? Prodigal. We love to call the woman with the issue of blood the woman with the issue of blood instead of the woman that was healed. In the church world, unfortunately, we like to go, oh, that's old so-and-so, the old drunk. God got a hold of him, but I remember when he used to get locked up, you know, kind of like an Otis thing from... Andy Griffith. Yeah, we always go to the negative, even though we know the guy's saved now. Oh, that's oh so and so. She used to be had loose scruples, and she used to be known about town. But God did a work in her. But she she used to be she that sister so and so. Instead, I don't know. Hey, and that's what I want to know. Why do we? Why do I like to call? Y'all heard me say it because I've talked about the prodigal son before. What do I call them? The redeemed heir. Honestly and truthfully, that's what he is. He's not the prodigal son anymore. He's the redeemed heir. Just like you are. Just like you are. You, 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 and you. Every one of us are redeemed heirs. Yeah. And this is going to go into the next part. I've talked about this. And understand, we've talked about the spiritual gifts and how they can be used completely as the body and as members. And if you jump in, I'm not going to get into all this. We're going to jump to 13. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. I love this because I'll tell you, you church, every church folk better get an understanding of this. It's titled The Way of Love. Is how it's titled on here. But understand, one of, I, I cannot remember what song it is, but Toby Mac sings a song and he speaks this whole, in, either in the beginning or the end. I love the song and I love when he speaks this. But I'm going to read this whole thing and I want y'all to listen and listen closely. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, it says, If we were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in heavenly tongues of angels, Yet I did not express myself with love. My words would be reduced to hollow sounds of nothing more than clanging cymbals. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy 
with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith and could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings have come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honestly and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes um, failures as defeat and never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gifts of prophecy, which eventually will fade away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will only will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside childish things. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in the mirror, but one day we will see the face to face. But my understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all, let love be the beautiful prize for which we you run. Not tongues, not prophecy, not discernment, not faith. We need to run to love. Now let me say this. This is just, I'm sharing this because of I just feel like I need to as warning. Because this body, Sunday, showed more love than I've seen in a church ever. Ever. I grew up in a small little Baptist church. I've been in several Baptist churches. I've been throughout the church of God. I've been in small churches. I've been in big churches. I've been in medium. Never have I seen pure, true love than I did Sunday morning in this body. No gifts of prophecy. No gifts of tongues. None of that mess we try to make the lights flash and the people dance with. 
what we had was, and I'll tell you, I felt it within seconds or minutes of being in the building. This building was covered because there was prayer. And it was prayers of love that were going up for a sister that we love. And we love each other. I have seen love in church. I've never seen without one. I didn't see no negativity. I felt none. I discerned none. I did not even see no negativity. I just saw pure love. I saw Christ in this sanctuary. But we can get so caught up, and I'm so glad we did what we did, and, I'm, I, and we're still loving on her, and we're going to still lift her up. But we also need to understand we got to do that with every single member. I've talked about it here before. So long in the church world, we have beat the gates of hell down to get somebody in an altar but we let them go two, day, two weeks later, we let them go right out the back door and go, I guess that didn't stick. No, what did you do to keep them inside these doors? Where was your love for them? Maybe they didn't smell right. Maybe they didn't look right. Maybe they walked in off the street and that's all they had was their shoes, no tires to bring them here. Maybe they asked for money first for, to get them some gas. But we asked them, hey, stay with us and worship with us. We'll talk to you. That's how I used to handle stuff when I was a pastor. You can weed people out that way because the people that stay usually end up in the altar. <laughs> Honestly, I'm telling you that. The people that don't, that usually go, no, I ain't going to stay. They didn't need the gas anyway. But then usually, <laughs> people end up in the altar, they get saved, and then they forget they even needed the gas or why they were even in there. And then as a body, you pour into them. Stranger. No, no longer. If they came up and got saved, they're a brother and sister. I don't care if you don't know their first name. There's still people in this church I do not know by name. But they're still my brother and sister in Christ. And I got to love them just like I loved everybody else. Just like my relationship with pastor. I got to love you. I got to love you just like I love my pastor. Because you're all my brothers and sisters. And y'all, all of our love. Man, I saw that so greatly Sunday morning. But the whole thing is there's a warning here. You don't forget that love. You must do everything out of love. Everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that again? Oh, that's the first one. It says, if we speak with elaborate eloquence in earth's languages or in heavenly tongues, yet I do not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. Yeah, and you're just. But. Well, there's sister so and so, but then when you tag that thing on the end, 
You just did away with the love. You did away with everything. There's no real love there because you'd rather be talking. Yeah. And basically, in other words, hallelujah, I love Destiny Church. You don't, there's some churches that goes on a lot. And that is one of the worst things that can ever happen in a church. And that's the rumor mill. The rumor mill. Oh, we just love her to death. But did you hear what she did? You ever get a call like that or a text like that, you hang up. You hang up. I've shut, you can ask her. I, as a pastor, I shut people down lovingly. They come to me and say, we just love this, but we need to let you know. And I'm like, I don't need to know. You, 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 you can tell, again, it comes back to the sermon. They're not operating in the spirit of God informing because they're worried about somebody. They're sitting there wanting to tattletale on somebody and go, you need to go get them. I don't think they need to be doing stuff. Or they could come to me and go, I'm really worried about so-and-so. And I could see the love in their eyes. I will listen and I'll go, look, we need to be praying and I will be praying. And I ask for the sermon on the situation and stuff. But you could tell when somebody comes to you with that little devil grin on their face. Hey, pastor, mm, I think we got a situation. There's no love in that. There's no love in that. There's no love in somebody jumping up in service and, you know, coming up to somebody else. Let's say I come, uh, someone comes up to Tommy and goes, I got a word for you. You need to give up this and quit doing that and this and that and that and this and that. Because, you know, the pastor may find out. There's no love in that. There's no love in that. But I had a certain individual that broke me in this place. The whole reason I'm back up here. The whole reason I've even started speaking again. My wife was sitting back there and I was sitting back there. We were having altar. And I talked to this brother about working out. I need to lose some weight. And that was before service. He come up with a discerning, discerning spirit because I was broke sitting right back there. And he says, you need to come to the altar. When someone looks at you and goes, you need to come to the altar with me. And they're broke looking as you are and they're wanting to love on you. That's being a true brother in Christ. And because of his effort and bringing me up here and me breaking before the Lord and then others praying for me, I'm getting back in the saddle again. It took one brother loving me and just knowing me from shaking my hand every morning when we used to just come in here and sit down. One changed my direction because he loved me enough to go after me. Imagine when a whole church surrounds a sister and loves on her. If it turned one, turned me around, and then people, if a whole church grabs around somebody and loves on them, great things, 
Great things are going to happen out of this. I know I'm out of the camera. I'm sorry the y'all folks up there. But I just, this whole thing, I started, I'm back there trying to run sound. Unfortunately, I'm trying to listen to Pastor. I got to sitting by, and he's just wiping me clean with 1 Corinthians 13. And he just kept saying, love, love. And I'm looking, and I'm seeing people. I watched the first three people to get to her were youth. I want to be part of a church like that. I don't care if an elder didn't make it to her first. I don't care if the pastor didn't make it to her first down here or our apostle didn't make it. When I saw three youth girls run to her, that is love. And guess what? That means things are being taught right to our youth. Amen? Love, 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 love. We can talk about all sorts of other things, but again, Jesus said it himself when the Pharisees came up to him and said, what is the greatest law? And he said, it's to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. But then, what the, and then they're probably all going, wait a minute, I don't remember, but then. I didn't read that in the Torah. I didn't read that in the scroll. Where did the but then come from? I'm talking country. I'm a country Pharisee. But then he jumps up. I mean, he looks at him and he says, you're to love one another. You are to love each other. You are to love. You are to love. You are to love. And then the key thing, and I think this is one of the greatest things, and people just don't understand. The next thing he says, and on this, everything else lies. In other words, love is the hinge to the door to everything else. And when you open that door, tell me, let's go over the Ten Commandments. If you truly love God, are you going to have any other God before him? If you truly love your neighbor, are you going to covet what they have? Or if you truly love everybody and people, are you going to go and put a gun to someone's head just because they looked at you cross-eyed and pull the trigger? If you truly love, are you going to respect and honor your mother and father? If you look at all ten of those, if you truly know love and love, there is not one of those ten commandments you will break at all. None. If you truly love, you love your neighbor, you love God, you love your mother and father, you love others, you will not break a single ten commandment. If you truly love. That's why he says on this the rest of the law, everything else hinges. In other words, that door opens. And guess what? There's that covering. And that's why we don't have to be up under the law. We're up under Christ. And if we truly love, we don't have to worry about the law. Because we're fulfilling the law. We're fulfilling Christ. We're fulfilling Christ on this earth. We're fulfilling ministry and sharing Christ. We're fulfilling it all. If you truly love. And that's the key. But if you don't, all these, get, I don't care if you've been in church 45 years. You have, we don't have pews here, but in some churches, families will have little nameplates on the end of their pews because they, grandma bought that 
paint, you know, or grandma's name's under that stained glass window. Or what? It ain't all about that. It ain't. It don't mean diddly, diddly squat, at all. Yes, but the whole thing is, whatever. I don't care what level you're at in the church. I don't care if you're, a brother Bo, the apostle. If he don't love. What he has under him can fail and fall. And what he does is like clanging cymbals. But I know Brother Bo. Now, Brother Bo will, in love, set you straight. I know that for a fact. I know Brother Bo and Brother Bill, because he's my spiritual father, Brother Bill Barton. And I've had him talk to me before. And I've had him share with me. And I've had, and I ain't talking about this with me, but he's talked to me. And he's made me think. And he did it out of love. He didn't do it. And that's the reason we're here. The whole reason we're even in here is because of the Bartons. It's because they loved us enough and they knew, I, they knew I was in a bad spot. They knew something wasn't right. And did they one time go, what's your problem, Rick? No. They greeted me. They loved me. They kept loving on us. Kept loving. This church kept. I was a backslidden pastor. Not one time has one person in this place come and questioned me. I ain't saying I was out shooting drugs, chasing people. No, I was a pastor that had walked away. I had stress in my life. I had things on my shoulders. I had a lot of stuff going on. I lost two parents in 11 months to the day. Six months later, my wife gets diagnosed with Huntington's. Never questioned God. I've never did it, but I just walked away. Not one time has pastor come to me and go, tell me exactly why you did this. Tell me why. Not one time, Brother Bo, knowing me and knowing my ministry and the churches I've been in and preached in my churches and everything, not one time did Brother Bo come to me and go, Okay, what's got you all jacked up? Not one time. Only thing Brother Bo's ever done is smiled, loved on me, and just said, been happy to see I'm back. And I'm still coming back. It's because of love. It's all because of love. Because if I didn't feel love when I walked to this place, and I've told y'all from the very first time we walked to the door, a young lady sitting right there opened that door, and we felt it from the time we walked in. And I've told Pastor that. Love, love, love. If we love like Christ, this church is going to affect more than the Tricanary. This church is going to affect the world. If we could love, love, love. Your ministry will take, and I'm not talking about you being a preacher. I'm talking about your individual ministry. When we put love behind everything, your ministry will take off. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard to do everything with a loving heart. I'm just going to tell you, I'm being honest with you. As a pastor, I used to have council sessions, and it, it seemed to be the same thing over and over, same, and it was like, you know, and I, but I got to love them, and I got to be like Christ, and I, guess what? Jesus just didn't turn a blind eye to everything. 
Jesus was sarcastic. Jesus would talk to a Pharisee. Honestly, if you read the words as he spoke to Pharisees, he, was, he laid them down. He looked, at, he looked at his followers, his disciples a few times and said, are y'all just, basically, I'm not going to talk Alabama again, are y'all just dense? How many times have y'all seen me do all this stuff and you asking me these stupid questions again and again and again and again? But guess what? He still loved them. He answered their question, and he still did what they had to do. That's how we're supposed to do. I had to, I've had to bite my tongue, and I just have to love on people, and I had to just do what Christ would have to do. And love them and love them and love them and love them. It's hard, but we got to do it. Amen? Love. L-O-V-E. All those gifts are worthless without love. You being an effective member of the body is worthless without love. Because I'll tell you, you're going to be that crazy pinky. If you don't, aren't loving, you're going to be that crazy pinky out there trying to fly off the hand. You got to love. Love, love, can, be an adjective, love can be adjective. It can be a verb. I mean, it can be, it can be a noun. I mean, it's a multiple... And I'm not an English scholar, but it can be, I'm far from it. <laughs> yes, you do have to keep moving. But that's what I wanted to talk about. And the main whole goal tonight was not to get into the gifts. And maybe one, you need to go catch it. Because Daniel's teaching it, isn't he? Who's? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Jen Myers. Myers. Yeah. Myers. Yes. Yes. Good one. I mean, go. Go. And honestly, I got to run sound this week. Don't use an excuse. I'm running sound this weekend. At 5 to 9, I will take my wife by the hand and we will. Yeah, but streaming don't start at 10 o'clock. You get it all set. I'm going to get you because I'm doing this out of love. I can go get that whole board set, and we get all the sound done. You can have everything set in there to hit start. And guess what? I'll make sure we're back in here in time before 10 o'clock when we all go live. Yeah, well, I got to get all the scriptures and everything. I got to do all that too. No, but what I, if you want to go, you can go. No, you're right. It's in the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you because I love you. Because I love you, and I want to see you in there. Because, again, everybody, this week, more churchy words. <laughs> but I'm not trying to. I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing that out of love. It's at 9 o'clock. I will probably walk over. I'll go right by that. I'll take Miss Vanessa, and we'll walk out that door, and I'm going to yell inside that room. I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to class. Amen. Anybody got any questions or anything they want to say? Yeah. Well, everybody, we'll see y'all next week. Amen.